Welcome. We are the MI guys and we are here to enhance your evidence-based communication skills. That's, that's what Casey is balling at. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm balling at. Uh, just to help you actually with uh, any individuals you work with, the organizations you work within, and you know in the communities you serve. That's what's important to hear to us. So welcome to this conversation. So today we have a question, um, and this question is, what does supporting autonomy and activation mean, Casey? And how do you embody that? Well, I mean, there's I've got probably 15 things that go through my mind as soon as you talk about that or ask that question. Mm -hmm. What I think about first is the first time I heard the concept as far as supporting autonomy and activation, and the, or at least supporting autonomy, what I was thinking of and what was being taught to me at the time was it is all about choice mm -hmm. and not kind of pushing yourself on the other person. And when you think of more of a traditional medical model, we just tend to, or for most professionals actually, we just tend to want to give advice and, and we do think we know best. Um, if you are an addiction counselor, if you're a mental health specialist, if you're a retirement counselor, if you work, you know, whatever area you work in, you spend probably a lot of money on a degree. Yeah. You probably read a lot of research articles and go through lots of training. Yeah. And so when somebody comes through your door or calls you, you want to be the expert. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you've got all that information to provide the best possible service. And there's nothing wrong with that. But with motivational interviewing, what we're looking at is how do we affect sustained behavior change? Mm -hmm. And what we know is people are significantly more motivated by their own values and their own goals than by the goals that, or the values that someone else sets out for them. Makes a lot of sense. So, so that's where you start to think about it. Yeah. So again, it's why we always talk about motivationally is not the only method of communication. There's so many right ways to communicate. Mm -hmm. But if you are thinking about motivational interviewing or thinking about sustained behavior change, we do know that internationally it's probably the most recognized method of communication for helping sustain behavior change. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the context that I think of supporting autonomy and activation. Yeah. If we look at more of a clinical setting with that SAA kind of concept, Traditionally, what you think of if you're giving a choice is leading up with, I've got some thoughts that okay if I share them. Mm -hmm. So that supports the person's right to choose. Mm -hmm. Or from what you've been talking about, um, I have some things I've been thinking about as well. Mm -hmm. Would that be helpful if I shared them with you? Mm -hmm. So what it does is it supports your right to choose whether or not you the information. I think we can feel redundant about it is they wouldn't be sitting in front of you, most people, if they didn't want your thoughts or your ideas. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But we also know the data shows is when we give people information, less than half the people actually follow through on what we give them information on. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the healthcare results, when you look at people that go to the gym, when you think of any kind of prescriptive or ideas or planning that gets that happens or exchanged between two people, what ends up happening is the majority of people maybe start out of the gate a little bit and then just kind of titrate off or slow down or just kind of bow out of it. Yeah. So that's another way to think of when we were working on the, the MICA, the Motivational Interviewing Competency Assessment, one of the things that Dr. Susan Butterworth really pulled into the equation was the concept of activation. Mm -hmm. So what I'll talk about was supporting autonomy and activation. One part with supporting autonomy is truly believing that every person has choice. Do you believe that they're the captain of their own ship? Mm -hmm. And if you do, are you treating that way or are you coming across more paternalistic um, or condescending or yeah. from an expert role? Yeah. So there can be that flavor of 
yes, you're the captain of your own ship, but you're an idiot if you don't do what I tell you to do. Right? Yeah. So, which, so you know that's not embodying it. Yeah. So, and with the activation piece of it, it's not only providing people with choice, but it's how do you help, I always say, kind of reach inside their belly and turn on that pilot light for them to, to want self-actualization or to move and, and have a sense of self-efficacy or self-agency. Yeah. That they can, you know, feel that, that fire burning inside their belly that's like, I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. That's a different flavor than just knowing that people have choice. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when you think about this from a kind of supporting autonomy and activation, that's what it starts to kind of construct this reality of a person-centered approach. Do I really believe that everybody has the right to choose? Yeah. Now if we go to a deeper level with that, the thing that I think of on a deeper level with this is, do I genuinely believe that? Do I believe that they have the same desires, the capacity for evolution, for growth, uh, to be the best version of themselves? And mostly what my role is then is how do I help ignite that inside of them? Mm -hmm. and, and this is really different because so much of the time it means that we aren't stepping up as the expert. We're actually stepping into the background and find out how do I bolster, how do I, through osmosis, through really um, strategic ways of communicating, yeah. how are ways that I can kind of infuse these things or kind of, again, light that fire inside of their belly in a strategic way when I'm using my communication skills. Mm -hmm. So, which means that I do start to shrink to the background a little bit as far as their perception. Mm -hmm. So they're not holding me on a pedestal as the expert as one who knows more than they do about a situation. If I'm supporting their autonomy, what I want to be able to do is have that start with from within them. Yeah. So either shine light on that, expand on that, explore that, ignite yeah. that. There's so many ways that I'm thinking, how do I get this to a place where they go, I want the best version of myself. Does that naturally just build a little bit of confidence in them too, as they start to realize, you're right, I can it, make the best decision. It can build confidence, and the other thing that can happen as well too, and this is again, why am I is such a strategic communication style, Yeah. is even when they start to think in a pro-social direction or a direction that lines up with who they say they are, even if they start thinking about that yeah. and talking about that, or if they start making steps towards that, it is exactly why we teach strategic affirmations. Mm -hmm. Because you want to make firm. When you think of the Latin word of affirm, it means to make firm. So if you're gonna start looking towards the top of your mountain or moving towards your ultimate goals, every time you take a step that direction, I wanna make that, I wanna pour concrete over that step that you take so it's solid each time. So I literally want to affirm it which is significantly different than me clapping and cheerleading and saying, oh, Tammy, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. That doesn't make anything. It encourages you, but then that's still an external reinforcement. Mm -hmm. If you're building, uh, supporting autonomy and, and building that sense of activation inside, you want the individual to start to be able to realize that they're moving in the direction they want to move, mm -hmm. which is where strategic affirmations shift away from the whole cheerleading, praise, approval, which is really one person telling another person they're doing great. Which is not a bad thing, yeah. but it doesn't set up the supporting autonomy and activation aspect. Yeah. So, so we think of the strategic affirmation is every time someone makes a step in that direction, you want to reinforce what they did and how it lines up with who they want to be. Mm -hmm. So if you do, you and I've talked about the you know I want to put the exercise thing, yeah. or, you know those kind of getting healthy <laughs> aspects of it, um, and we've talked about that before. When you make a decision, you you uh, decided to research personal trainers. Yeah. And and what if what I 
affirm in that is not, oh, good job, Tammy, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. What it is is, you know, Tammy, the more you move in that direction, this lines up with so much of what you're thinking about as you prepare to be a mom. Mm-hmm. It just lines up with who you want to be. Yeah. And then your brain goes, I am doing that. That is who I want to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, I'm so glad you did that. And some days you can think, I don't care yeah. what you think. Yeah. And some days you can be really happy that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't build your sense of self-efficacy inside. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're thinking about, supporting autonomy and activation. I think for me, the energy, like how do you get there? As a social worker, the bleeding heart social worker, I think the thing that made it easier, for me at least, is it's why I did go into the field, Mm -hmm. is I just want to make the world a better place, I want to make my community a better place, I want to support this individual. But all the training and education I got trained me to do things differently where I am the expert or I do know a little bit better or mm-hmm. you know I'm the therapist, I'm the clinician, I'm the yeah. social worker, I'm the expert in this. And so I can try to be shoulder to shoulder and say I'm person centered. Yeah. But there's always this little part of me that thinks, you know, I wish you would listen to me or just do it my way. And when you even think of that, just that superficial of a concept, I just want to do it my way. Uh, would you just listen to me, your life would be better. That is the definition of being a parent or being parentified yeah. uh, or taking a paternalistic approach. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and I think those are the things that I think of when I go to the reason why I got in my chosen profession is I take a deep breath and I think, I genuinely want to see the people that I work with not need anybody anymore, not mm-hmm. need any uh, professional service or supports. Yeah. Or if they do, it's really by their choice and it's just for tune-ups to move forward in their life. I, I still remember when I was getting better at motivational interviewing years ago um, as I continue to try to work on getting better. I remember one particular client I was working with in, in private practice and I remember that when it was a difficult situation, there's a lot of complex issues and, and she had personality disorder um, issues and I remember at the end of this where um, when it was kind of time to wrap up even all the services, and it wasn't even particularly long, it was maybe six to eight months, which was actually relatively short for the, the that population that I worked with. Yeah. And I remember her saying, you know, you're a nice enough person, but I think I knew all this on my own. Right, you clapped. <laughs> for me, I'm thinking I'm sitting there bleeding and sweating and, you know, and inside and just trying to maintain equipoise and, and yeah. manage my writing reflex. And I did so much work on yeah. paying attention to the sustained talk, how to navigate the change talk. Yeah. But I really had made a decision back then that's like, I really want to make it about the person I'm working with and not about me. Yeah. And it's a little odd at the end of it to say, you really didn't do anything. I knew this all on my own. Yeah. And so I remember driving home, my own flailing ambivalence going, she has no clue how much work I did. <laughs> she has no idea how hard it was to work with her. She has no idea the level of restraint it took, the level of focus it took, the level of strategy it took yeah. to get her where she wanted to go. And then the flip side of my ambivalence that was kind of jumping up and down and cheering for me um, had to do with the whole fact that isn't this why you got into the field? Yeah. And so that was kind of the conflictual thing that I went through. And I, could, I still remember the drive home that day. Uh, I still remember my hands on the steering wheel when I was thinking about it. And almost looking at both sides of my hands thinking, God, this is what ambivalence feels like. Yeah. Um, it's everything that I wanted. And... I wasn't getting the reinforcement that partially could have been when I got in the field. Yeah. You know, you're such a good guy and you're such a great therapist and, you know, 
Um, can I send you Christmas cards? Can we go out to coffee sometime? Yeah. All the things that we can't do yeah. as a professional. Yeah. All the things we may want to do, especially when we find people that we really enjoy and yeah. things like that. But ethically, no matter where it lands, it's not what we do. Mm-hmm. And then when you step back and think, oh, if I got in the field to help people, if that's what my passion is, and somebody walks away going, I think I know all this inside of myself. Yeah. That to me is what supporting autonomy and activation is about. And I think, what credit do I need other than I know that it was the reason I was trying to help out was really to help her get to a place where she wanted to be, which yeah. is what happened in that situation. Um, and all the subsequent sessions yeah. know, or uh, clients that I got to work, work with and have been able to work with. It's almost like you gave the reins back to her. That's exactly it. You know, instead of someone else driving the, the boat, you know, and you just allowed herself, her, to get the reins back so she could follow what she wanted to do. Absolutely. Really cool. And, and when you think about it, you know, uh, you might not relate to this because it's just for perfectionists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we know how what a perfectionist. If you know Tammy, you know Tammy, she will practice, 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 practice to get things right. So when you think about what the mastery, like in the MICA, what we scored a five, one yeah. of the concepts for like the mastery or, or proficiency in motivational interviewing that, that we had as one of the indicators is does the conversation markedly increase the client's or patient's sense of control. And what I think of is if they walk away feeling a little bit taller or their chest puffed out a little bit more yeah. or walking more firmly in their own shoes, yeah. because they interacted with us, that is a good intervention. Yeah. And, and it's also knowing that they, the more they're able to own that and step into that, the less they really need us. And, and we talk about all the time, we're working ourselves out of a job or these things we talk about for yeah. what a healthy ethical approach to service is mm-hmm. um, and then we get to embody it the, the last story that I'll share that I think was really helpful for me because <laughs> half the stuff that comes out of my mouth I don't know what I'm saying yeah uh, it's just kind of this my thoughts and getting there and trying to dial in on it yeah. so there's this one story when I was training probation officers uh, juvenile probation officers and we're getting into this thing about affirmation and the difference between affirmation and praise. And I still remember a uh, really good guy, Chris, uh, juvenile probation officer who worked in detention, moved into probation, and just incredibly conscientious, high level of integrity. Mm-hmm. And when I was explaining the difference, he said, but Jackson, you know I'm a coach. I gotta coach these kids. Like, what am I gonna do if I'm not coaching these kids? Yeah. And, and, and I, Listen to that, I think, you know, what is the problem with that? Except for when I run it through my MI brain. Yeah. And when I run it through my MI brain and I run it through the lens of supporting autonomy and activation, mm-hmm. what I told Chris, and this was kind of the, you know me in analogies and, and metaphors, what came to my brain was, so Chris, think about this. If you take a kiddo of yours that you work with and you're, you're teaching them to climb the face of a mountain, what you can do is you can sit there and coach them and say, Come on, Tammy, you can do it. You got this, Tammy, you got it. Come yeah. on now. Come on, take a deep breath. Keep going, keep going. You can do it. You got it, Tammy. You got it. You got it. You can do this. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You get to the top and you're happy. Yeah. But the next time you go climbing, if Chris isn't there, mm. can you feel the difference? Yeah. So then you start to rely on somebody cheerleading you, or you don't want to go unless Chris can go. Yeah. Now, the difference between that, this is what I was telling Chris about, is now think about this differently. So you're taking Tammy climbing, face this mountain for the first time, and what you're saying instead is, 
Okay, Tammy, can you feel the weight where your hand is right now? Now tug down on that a little bit more. Can you feel how solid that, that handhold is? Mm -hmm. Okay, now there's that little edge over there. Can you feel like when you put your foot there that it feels like it's giving a little bit? Mm -hmm. So so what are some of the thoughts you have on, on what you want to do from here to get over that next ledge? Mm -hmm. And and when you are able to do something get you closer to your goal, I'll be able to say, can you feel that in your body? These are things your body already knows to have. Your brain knows where to find a better foothold and where to find a better handhold. Yeah. And, and, and this is what's going to make you such a strong climber. Yeah. And if those are the messages coming out of my mouth, and that's how you get up the mountain with every time you're making a movement towards that, and I yeah. can see your brain engaging in a change process or a learning process yeah. that's advancing your skill set, then there's part of the action that's going to go out next time without me. Yeah. Or without Chris. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like I think I'm getting this. That's what the, the embodiment of supporting autonomy and trying to activate that is. And so you can feel the difference. There's nothing wrong with the cheerleader approach. Yeah. But when you're thinking about a sustained behavior change or the whole point of this conversation, which is trying to support somebody's not only their autonomy, but to activate that sense of, of self-agency and mm -hmm. self-efficacy, that's what I think of uh, in this kind of an approach from that, looking from that lens. Yeah. So. Well, and I just, again, hearing that, even though I'm not even climbing a mountain, <laughs> um, but hearing that, it does kind of provide a little bit of, I don't know, empowerment? Yes. Like you just feel really good hearing that as, as the user um, that it is experiencing that. So yes. it, it's a win-win situation to support people's autonomy. So Absolutely. And, and I think, it, and it's why you can see if you want long-term behavior change, wouldn't you want to have people grow from within? Mm -hmm. And strengthen from within instead of relying on experts from, from outside themselves. That's smart, so. yeah. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. And um, please feel free to send any questions our way. Feel free to follow us on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all kinds of different social media. And um, thanks for watching today. All right. Take care. We're providing a communication solution that will hopefully change your world. Fact.